Good morning, New Community Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? So good to be worshiping with you. And if this is your first time, maybe here in person or if you're joining us online for the first time, welcome. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're so glad that you're joining with us this morning. This morning, I want to talk to you about a simple promise. I want you to, um, and you guys have booklets if you're here in person, you can take notes this morning, or if you have your phone out, you can do that as well. I want you to think about what's the last promise you made, okay? Just go ahead and write that down. What's the last promise that you made? Maybe it was a promise like this, um, yes, honey, I will stop by the grocery store and get this stuff for dinner tonight. And then you arrive home after work empty-handed, and it's pizza night once again in the household, okay? Um, Kids, maybe, um, maybe it's a promise like this. You're sitting in your room watching TV and your parents come in. You need to clean this room. And you're like, just one more episode, mom or dad. Just one more episode. And they come back in an hour and a half later. The TV's still going. Your room is still trashed, right? Um, we're not the greatest at keeping promises. And this morning, I want to talk to you about a simple promise. We're in our first week of this series um, here at this holiday season, where we're looking at this theme of a simple Christmas. You know, for many of us, our Christmas time is very busy. For some of you, it may already be filling up with things at work, projects that you have to get done towards the end of the year, Christmas parties, kids' events, things that they have going on. Our holiday season can become very busy. And then on the flip side, for others of us in this room, our Christmas season may not look like that, but we may be overwhelmed with maybe feelings of isolation. We're in crowded areas and around people, but because of grief or loss in our life this year, like Christmas may feel extremely lonely. In whichever one of those scenarios your Christmas season may look like, we want to create a space in this room on Sunday mornings for us to be able to come together and hit pause on all those different emotions and sometimes the chaos and the busyness, we want to be able to pause those things and refocus our mind and our attention where it should be this holiday season. And so that's what we're going to do over these next few weeks. Um, as you're coming in, you may have noticed the setup is a little bit different. We wanted it to be a little bit more intimate and personal, and we wanted us to just be able to reflect. And so we're going to start by doing that this morning, maybe your mind, even right now while I'm talking, is racing with um, feelings that you're overwhelmed with, maybe busyness, maybe to-do lists, all of those different things, and we just want to set those aside for a moment. So I want you with me just to take a really deep breath in, and then a slow breath out, okay? Just maybe do that once or twice more, deep breath in. Slow breath out. And while you're breathing out, students, just let finals go and homework go and Christmas parties that we have to attend to and things this week. Just all of those things, we want to set those aside. Now, I know it's a little bit darker. Don't fall asleep on me, okay? <laughs> you're taking those deep breaths. But we just want to focus our mind in on Jesus. We're talking about a simple promise. I had you write down... The promise, maybe the last promise that you made. And maybe for you, it was something that you did. You actually fulfilled that. For a lot of promises we make, we're not that great at keeping them. 
Like as a nation, we're not that great at keeping them. I, I was looking a little bit this week. This next year, there will be around 1.2 million marriages. People will stand at an altar and they'll commit the rest of their life. I will be faithful. I will love you forever. I will take care of you when you're sick or healthy, rich or poor. And yet that is a promise that is being kept less and less here in our nation. Over 50%, 676,000 marriages will end in divorce over this next year. You guys, we're not great at keeping promises. My wife and I, we just sat down on Friday and we signed a whole book of promises. We bought a house. I don't know if you've ever done that, right? So about 30 minutes, my hand is cramping up by the end of it. We're signing the person, um, the title person that's in charge of all the paperwork. She's saying this, you promised this, you promised this. I don't even know what I promised you guys, okay? Like I could have given my life away. I have no idea, right? You're just signing that paperwork. We make a lot of promises in our life. We don't always remember all of them or we don't always consider all of them, do, do we? I can't tell you the amount of times I have promised my kids ice cream only to arrive at the end of the day and I'm too tired to leave the house. We'll probably do it again next week or I'll try to catch that up tomorrow. Our kids don't forget, but sometimes as adults, we forget the promises that we make. You know, we're about to start the new year and 88 to about 91% of us will make promises to ourselves. I will bike to work this year. I will eat healthier, right? I will wake up earlier. All of those promises. And yet 88 to 91% of us won't even make it past the first month. Okay? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty here this morning. Okay? I just want us to remember, like, we're not the best at keeping some of the promises that we make. We forget. We get busy. We're not able to fulfill them. And yet, when we look at the scripture, we see this. God is really amazing at keeping the promises that he makes. In this holiday season, maybe you don't recognize this, or maybe you haven't stopped and reflected on this. This holiday season is about a promise fulfilled. It's a simple promise that God made really at the beginning of time, right as all of this started with the first man and the first woman. God made a simple promise that he would come and fix the brokenness that we had caused through our sin in this world. A very simple promise. And Christmas is the celebration. Christmas is the reflection. Christmas is the remembrance that this is a promise that has been fulfilled. God is very good at keeping his promises. I'm going to be sharing a number of scriptures this morning, and you can write them down in the booklet. I want to encourage you to do that and Maybe go back later and reflect on them, or if you have your phone out, you can take some notes in your phone. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says this about God's promises. God is not a person that he should lie. So he's not human where he changes his mind. Has God ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised something and not carried through with it? Numbers 23, 19. Scripture reminds us God is very good at keeping his promises. He's very good when he has spoken something that he will fulfill it. He will carry it through. That's what we're remembering this Christmas season. He promised thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago that he would come and bring salvation, that he would come and bring peace, that he would give himself to the world. 
If you've ever read through the Bible, you've probably read some of these promises. You may have not even realized it, but you were reading promises about Christmas because they're all throughout the Scripture. A matter of fact, there was a Hebrew scholar um, who studied the Jewish Bible, the Tanakh. His name was Alfred um, Einstein. And Alfred Einstein, what he did is as he was studying the Hebrew Bible, he decided to go through and find all of the Scriptures that talked about this promise of Christmas and found over 465 of them. God, again and again, for hundreds and hundreds of years, was promising his people, I'm coming. I'm going to arrive on this earth. I'm going to bring salvation. I'm going to restore the brokenness of this world. This Hebrew scholar studied this so well that he eventually left Judaism and became a Christian because he was overwhelmed by the promises of God and how Jesus fulfilled those through the Bible and what Christmas truly means. Now, I don't know if maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, you're an older sibling, you're a parent, um, if you've ever made a promise to a kid, right? Like, hey, we'll go to the store later and we'll get candy. And they don't stop asking about it, right? Like, if you've ever done that, they don't forget. Like, I mentioned that. Sometimes we forget. Kids are really great about not forgetting. When are we going to do that, mom or dad or um, uncle or auntie? When are you going to take me? Like, when are we going? When's that going to Is that today? Is that tomorrow? Like, they will not stop asking. And when we read through the scripture, we see God's people for thousands and thousands of years. They're looking forward to this promise. All throughout scripture, they're looking forward to this simple promise. God, you are going to arrive here on this earth and bring salvation to the brokenness that we are experiencing. Bring healing to the pain that we are going through. There's an individual in the Bible named Abraham. About 2,000 years before the time of Christ. And God told Abraham, it's going to be through your descendants that I am going to bless every nation. That I'm going to bless everyone. These promises all throughout scripture that God is coming that are fulfilled in the person of Jesus I've mentioned this before, so some of you may be familiar with this illustration, but as I thought about this message, I thought, hey, this is, this is something that is good to remember. There was a college professor, um, his name was Peter Stoner, and he was chair of the departments of mathematics and astronomy at Pasadena College, and he decided to study what is the likelihood that Jesus could have fulfilled the prophecies that are written about them. Now, I mentioned possibly 465 of them. He just took eight of them. Eight of those prophecies. What's the likelihood that one person could fulfill those? And if you've been around for a little bit, you may have heard me share this illustration before. It is one to 10 to the 17th power, okay? Now, I realize we have trouble kind of putting our mind around a number like that. Like, that doesn't even really make sense to us. But just think about that. One to 10 to the 17th power is what that is that Jesus could have fulfilled, not 400 and something, but just even eight of those prophecies, that the likelihood that he would have done that. And to illustrate this, um, Professor Stoner, this is what he said. He said it would be like blindfolding someone, filling the state of Texas with silver dollars two feet high, the entire state, dropping them in a random spot, marking one of those silver dollars red and asking them in one turn to pick that silver dollar. Like it's just a mathematical impossibility. And yet Jesus did that. God is very good at keeping his promises. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that simple 
promise that God made all the way back at the beginning that he would come and heal the brokenness. He would come and bring peace. Just a few of these are this right here. God promised a king in the Old Testament that it would be through his line that Jesus would come. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13 say this. God, Yahweh, talking to King David, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 950 years later, Matthew writes, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David. All those years ago, God said, David, I'm going to establish a lineage through you. The Messiah is going to come. The Savior is going to come. And God fulfilled that. He promises some 750 years before the time of Christ that he would be born a virgin. In Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. In Luke chapter 1, you just heard it through the reading of the Christmas story when Mary says, how can I become pregnant? I've never been with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In some ways, Yahweh has the characteristic of a kid. He never forgets a promise, you guys. Doesn't matter how long, he is the promise keeper. And he fulfills his word. We see that in the scripture over and over and over again. We could go spend all of this morning 465 times going through the scriptures where we see Christ fulfilling these Old Testament prophecies that God spoke. But I want to focus on one aspect of this promise this morning, and it's this right here. It's that Jesus' arrival brings peace. Jesus' arrival brings peace peace what we're celebrating this christmas season what we're remembering what the angels declared to the shepherds there what is written about in prophecies that are hundreds of years old before the time of christ is this simple truth right here it's that jesus will bring peace that his coming will change what we've been struggling through and what we have been going through that his arrival brings peace and it brings peace because of this because of god's salvation in Genesis chapter 3, we see this at the very beginning of the scriptures. That the first man and the first woman, they rebelled against God. They told God, I'm going to do this my own way. And because of that decision, they broke their relationship with God. They broke their relationship with others. They broke literally the physical world around us, the perfection that God had made that in. And they brought anxiety, stress, suffering and pain into the world where we live at where we live in so if you've ever gotten in a fight with your sibling here's the reason why okay those of you spouses that argued on your way to church why are we late again we're always running late why is like it's because of adam and eve but we have done our part you guys our sin and our rebellion against god it brings strife it brings anxiety, it brings aggressiveness. It's all of this brokenness that we see in the world. 
and we lack peace. And sometimes we've lived in that so long, we forget what peace is like. The busyness, the chaos, everything that we go through, the stress of projects at work, the stress of family expectations, be at this person's house and this person's house and then this person, just even good stress, like all of those things, right, in our life. And sometimes we can forget what it's like to have peace because of sin that was introduced in the world at the very beginning. And yet in the scriptures, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about what the life of Jesus did. This is Paul writing, this guy who wrote the book of Romans, and he's saying this is what Christmas is about. Is that Christ has come and we have been justified. Our sin had separated us from the peace of God. And God brought us back into relationship with him through the life of Christ. We have been restored into that. And now peace is once again available to us. We now have access to the peace of God through God's salvation. And so our sin that separated us from God, from Christ is now being restored through the life of Christ, through what God has done. And so, when you're walking through this holiday season and you start to feel guilt, just remind yourself, God, you promised peace. When you're going from party to party or thing to thing, or even when you're feeling alone or by yourself and anxiety starts to well up and you start to breathe heavier and you feel that tightness in your chest, just remind yourself, God, you promised peace through your salvation, Lord. When the enemy tries to lie to you and says you're not a son or a daughter of God because of this sin, because of this mistake, because of something you've said, just remind him God promised peace because of his salvation. I don't have to live under that condemnation anymore. You guys, this is what Christmas is about. God's salvation brings peace. He's brought peace to our life. We have the ability to walk in that peace. The promise of peace is this, it's that it's peace from the chaos of our life. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus was in a moment like this with his disciples and listen to what he says, peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. This is what Jesus is saying. Now, the part of me that stands out is not as the world gives. And I'm always like, what do you mean by that? Let's be honest. Who here has regifted? Okay. Some of you guys aren't brave enough, right, to, to lift your hand. But maybe you've done that or maybe you've been the recipient of that. Okay. Like, we do that sometimes. Like, you know, we're not always faithful in what we're giving there, but what Jesus is saying is, hey, this peace that I'm giving you, it's not going to go away. It's available for you. Any moment of your day, whatever you're going through. Like, I'm not going to give it and then in some moment take it back or give it to someone else. That's not how I operate. It is available to you in the chaos of your life. My peace I give to you. Now, sometimes when we come to moments like this, we think peace is quietness. 
we think peace is everything goes perfect, right? That I come to church and God waves a magic wand over us, or he's some big Santa in heaven and we sit on his lap and we tell him what we want and poof, he makes everything come true. And that's not the Bible's definition of peace. We see Jesus speaking peace in the midst of a storm. We see Jesus over and over again calling out peace to his disciples who are afraid. There's moments of fear in their life. And he says peace in the midst of chaos. Peace is not that everything is going perfectly. Peace is in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the trial, that we are still present with him. That we realize when I'm not in control, God, you're still in control. God, when I don't know how this will turn out, you know how this will turn out. Peace in the midst of chaos of our life. Peace in the midst of difficulty. Peace in the midst of loss. Peace in the midst of sickness. Peace in the midst of financial stress. Peace is what God has spoken. I am giving it to you. This is what I've given to it to you. And I'm not going to take it back. And I'm not going to just give it to someone else and you're going to lose it. No, I'm giving it to you. Peace in the midst of chaos. This is God's promise. I love that, what Jesus says there. He goes on in a different part of Scripture, and this is how another writer describes this. Once again, Paul writing to a church in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. This is what he says, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this. When I read this Scripture, I think of different conversations I've had with you guys. And different times where you've told me, Aaron, I was going through this, and a coworker told me, how can you be at peace right now? I was going through this trial in my life, and someone saw me, a family member, and said, how, how do you seem to be okay? It's a peace that passes all understanding. You guys, there's times we can't even explain it, and we can't put words to it. And yet, Jesus' arrival on this earth is a promise of peace. And I'd love to tell you that following Jesus makes everything perfect and that you'll never have any pain or suffering in your life. Nothing will ever be difficult. But that's not the promise God gave us. The promise is what he did when he was born, and that is, I will be with you. I'll be with you in the midst of your brokenness. It's what he did on this earth. He walked with us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain. It's standing outside of the grave of a friend and crying and comforting the sisters that had just lost their brother. And he's saying, I'm here with you and I am the resurrection and the life. It's a promise of peace through whatever you're going through and whatever the holiday season looks like. This is the promise that God has given us. It's a simple promise. He said, I'm giving myself. And my presence will be peace in the midst of difficulty. My presence will be a piece of salvation. When you stumble and when you fall, I will bring forgiveness in your life. This is the beauty of the Christmas story. And I want you to just take a moment and maybe close your eyes and reflect on this. Have you begun? We're on December 4th here, a few days into this month. Have you taken time already to begin to reflect on what the promise is that we're looking towards?
what Christmas means for us, what the Bible says about Christmas. This is the story that we're celebrating. It's that we could not fix ourselves, you guys. We couldn't try to be good enough. We couldn't try to do enough good stuff or come to church enough or read our Bible or try not to hurt other people enough. Like we couldn't do that to earn God's favor. We are broken people. And the beauty of the Christmas story is this. It's that God gave himself, that God wrapped himself up in flesh. Jesus came and was given to the world. Not as royalty sitting on a throne, not as some academic scholar, theologian that no one could really understand. He came as a baby. And he lived here on this earth. He cried, he hurt, he laughed, he rejoiced, he celebrated, he walked with us. He taught us what it was like to walk in a relationship with God. He showed us what it was like to not allow sin to control us and to have power over our life. And then he went to the cross. Not because Jesus had ever done anything wrong. He died for your mistakes and my mistakes. He died for my sin. The time that I've told God, I'm going to do this my way. And I'm going to do this my own, God, the way that I want to. He gave his life so that I could be restored in relationship with God. So that you could be brought back into a relationship with God. This is the story of the Bible. God wants to be close to you. He wants a relationship with you. And if you're here this morning and you don't have this kind of peace, maybe for you Christmas does not feel like this. And you're saying, God, I feel broken. I feel disconnected. I feel isolated. I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed. And I feel separated from you, God. The invitation this morning from Christ is, I want a relationship with you. I want to be close to you. I want you to get to know me. I want you to experience my peace. And if that's you, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. And it just acknowledges what I've said. It acknowledges, God, we can't fix ourselves on our own. We need your forgiveness. It acknowledges belief. Lord, what you did on the cross is enough to forgive me of my sins. And God, I want a relationship with you. And the scripture tells us that when we acknowledge that, when we believe that, when we confess that, that a change begins to happen on the inside of us. And there is a new peace that we have that we can't always explain. And so I'm going to lead us in this prayer, whether you're here in this room, whether you're joining us online, I want to encourage you, would you pray this out loud with us? We don't want anyone saying this by themselves, so everyone say this out loud with us. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. Thank you for your life. And this morning, Lord, I acknowledge I've sinned. I know I've messed up. And I can't fix myself on my own. So forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I want a relationship with you. Give me a brand new start. I pray in your name. Amen. Now, can you put your hands together and just celebrate? 
This is a moment of joy and celebration because the Bible tells us that when even one person prays that prayer, when one person comes back into a relationship with God, that all of heaven is rejoicing, the angels are dancing and jumping up and down and singing and celebrating. And so if you've been disconnected from God, but you prayed that prayer this morning, maybe for the first time to say, God, I want a relationship with you, that something different is happening in your life, and we are so happy for you. And we want to help you. We don't want you to walk this journey alone or try to figure out what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus or how do I know? What do you mean when you say I'm saved from my sins? What does that even look like? We want to help you understand that more. And so there is a simple first step um, that you can take. If you're here in person, in that booklet, um, I believe it's on the back, there is a website, just a link there, newcommunity.co slash connecttrack. Um, if you're online, you can put that right there in your web web browser, newcommunity.co slash connecttrack. And it's just a simple class. We do it every month here. And we just talk about that. What does it look like to have a relationship with Jesus? What do we mean when we say God forgives us of our sins? What does that look like? And how do we walk with Christ? How do we live out this relationship with him? And so we don't want you to have to figure that out by yourself. There are other people that want to encourage you and help you as you begin to reconnect with God and develop a relationship with him. So take a moment, just go there. If you prayed that prayer maybe for the first time or you're praying it again, go there, um, sign up for that class. We'll reach out to you. We want to help you grow in your relationship with God. There's one other way that I want us to respond this morning. And it's with two simple um, action steps that we have here this morning. The first is this, is I want to encourage you to maybe take five minutes. That's not a lot, you guys. That's like a commercial break, okay? So just five minutes and open up your Bible every day this week and just reflect on a promise of God. If you're like Aaron, I've never opened a Bible in my life. I don't know where to go. Like, I wouldn't even know what to read. This is simply what you do. You take out your smartphone, open up Google or whatever web browser you use, and just type in God's promises. And I promise you're going to get something, okay? And then just take about five minutes and just reflect on that. Reflect on some of the scriptures. What are things that God has promised for your life? God, what does that mean for me today? How do I walk in that? How do I live that out? What you're saying, God, what you've spoken over my life. I want to encourage you to do that. God does not forget his promises. He's really good at keeping them, you guys. And we need to remind ourselves of some of the things that God has spoken over us. Some of the promises that pertain to this holiday season. So that's one way you can walk this out. Another way is very similar in this, and I know this may be extremely difficult for some of you. But it's just to set a timer on your phone, on your watch, and be silent for 30 seconds. So for those of you that have been in church for a while, let me give you a little context. That means shut off the worship music, okay? I know that's hard for some of us, okay? Some of us, five seconds of awkwardness, and we don't even know what to do with the silence, right? Like we're, we're panicking, but it's going to be okay. Just 30 seconds, and just listen, just in those 30 seconds, if you need a word to focus on God's peace, just peace. Maybe you've got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe this holiday season feels very alone or isolated for you. And we invite you into a simple Christmas of peace. So just 30 seconds, no one talking, not letting your mind run to to-do lists or grocery lists or 
travel plans, just God's peace. And so I want to encourage you to find time this week to do that. Let me take a moment and just close this in prayer. And you can have a conversation with God. You don't have to say anything special. But would you just pray for his peace in your life this week, whatever that looks like. Lord, help me to remember your promise of peace. Let's pray together this morning. God, as we refocus our minds on what Christmas is about, we pause and say thank you for your peace. Our life doesn't have to be full of chaos or stress or anxiety, God. Lord, busyness doesn't have to control our heart or our attitude, Lord, because you have promised peace. And so my prayer this morning is those of us this week that need peace through your salvation, would you remind us you've already done the work on the cross, Lord. We just need to walk in that. For those of us that need peace, Lord, because chaos is going on all around us, Lord, would you help us to pause in moments this week and I just speak peace over us as a church, God. I speak peace over hearts, Lord. I speak peace over minds, Lord. Peace in every part of our life that we need that in, Lord, the reminder that you are with us. You are Emmanuel, God. You have come close to us. Let us be a church and let us be people that walk in your peace, God. In the moments that we need that this week, remind us of your promise of peace, God. We pray this in your name. Amen.